This is Toast to Our Differences, presented by Shu. Hello everyone and welcome to Toast to Our Differences. I am Vuj and next to me is the lovely Morgan. And we have linked up to create a series talking about issues which are perhaps quite complex that mm -hmm. are sort of very relevant to society to today. Mm -hmm. A lot of people feel uncomfortable talking about these topics, so it's going to be nice to actually have the conversation. I'm going to have a few experts and a few guests coming along to help us prompt the convo. This episode, we are going to be talking about fostering diverse young talent, finding the next big thing with the boys from Rudy Mental. Hey, how's it going? Good. Zoom applause. I keep saying I miss Skype. Do you guys miss Skype? I miss Skype. Skype slept on themselves, didn't they? Skype dropped the bag. I once had a friend called Skype. But Morgan, I'm hearing you actually are tied to the boys in some sort of way and actually know them quite well. Yes, yeah, so perfect. So I'm signed to Rudimentals label, uh, Major Toms. And okay. yeah, it's been an amazing experience so far. So it's going to be good to talk about the journey and how they find new talent. And Tell the truth, Morgan. Tell what the do truth. you mean? <laughs> what is it really like? That's what they want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's sick. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, it's just going to be good to talk about as well how you picked up Anne-Marie and... You know how you developed her. Wait, when did you guys sign Morgan? When did that happen? I'm totally ignorant here, so I just feel like I'm, a, I'm an observer. I'm like a fan uh, in the stadium right now. When I was 17, before that's before. Um, they saw my singing videos on Instagram. Is that uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was literally it. I covered Sun, Sun Comes Up and then, yeah, they saw my Instagram. We got speaking. Um, that was three years ago now. That was three years yeah, ago. Three but years. I signed coming up to two. So, so yeah, after, after that, I think we held an audition, didn't we? And um, yeah. we invited Morgan down to, to the audition. Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, we was just like, yeah, she's mad talented. Mm. And uh, basically signed her to our label and put her, put her on tour with us. Yeah. yeah. So I guess we were, we were looking for, yeah. um, we were about to go on tour, weren't we? So we were looking mm. for new singers to bring out on the road. And we kind of do that in between every album, really, sort of like, find new talent to take on the road with us and you know to hopefully put on records as well and it's that that's our kind of um i guess that's been our ethos yeah, yeah that's been our sort of major tom's master plan is to train them up on the road mm. speaking, speaking about you like you're not here but <laughs> train them up on the road put them through their paces <laughs> no know? i think it, it and then put them on it, songs for those that are listening in or watching they're probably thinking what is major tom's you know yeah, yeah, that's not. It, that's well. it stems from rudimental, you know. Um, we're not singers, we're songwriters and producers and DJs and live musicians and all of the above. Um, so we have to go out there um, as a band and we have to find vocalists and different types of talent to sing our songs. And we did that really well um, within our first album. And we had amazing vocalists like Ella Rare, John Newman, Sinead Harnett, M&EK, just to name a few off the back of that album. Um, but what we found that it was we were struggling to find um, musicians or vocalists who would stick around with us and tour with us, um, such as the artists on the records that we originally made with them. So we kind of started seeing that, you know, these artists were coming from sort of like where we were coming from, which was ground zero and working their way up. We were working our way up together. And we always said to ourselves, 
wouldn't it be amazing if we could hold on to some of these vocalists and nurture them in our way and help them grow with us and help them grow within themselves so that's where major toms our record label kind of stemmed from and as rudimental grew the platform grew for these artists we started playing in front of more people the name became more recognized and then we signed our first act um sorry act talent artist Anne-Marie and she's gone off to do what she's doing now she started off just touring with us a good few years before we actually even considered signing her um and then funny enough I, I remember the conversation that Kezi had with all of us he burst through the room and said I've seen an artist on Instagram and that's one thing I give to social media because mm. you know we're always slagging social media off um mm. but you can find so many gems and nuggets off there. It could be someone slipping off, slipping up in his back garden or whatever, and you have a laugh about that. But then you find people like Morgan Connie Smith. And that's exactly what happened when Kezi burst through the room and he said, look, this is the one. Like, we need to, you know, keep an eye on her. Um, and then, yeah, obviously we got her in and we had that platform or that template, if you like, where we could get Morgan involved um, via our live shows playing in front of 50,000 people um, plus all around the world. Dropping um, Morgan Connie Smith into the deep end was a way of sort of like testing to see how she coped with it. And then if she if she kind of slipped up at certain points, um, she would ask for advice and would give advice. And, you know, she was learning and she was nurturing on the way. Um, so then, yeah, again, to the point where it was like, you know what, she's just developing in the right way. Um, she's growing and growing and growing and she's going to be massive. We were like, we need to sign her, we need to keep on to her. In the early days, we couldn't keep on to the John Numas and the LRAs of the world, you know? And mm. we class whoever we sign within those realms, if not bigger. So that's that's the kind of ethos of Major Tom's, our record <clears throat> label. And that's where it comes from. But I think the beautiful thing about us is that we've grown up with each other pretty much all our lives. So we kind of know what we like, you know? Um, and we can see that and sense it straight off the bat. So I I remember being in the bar with these boys and John Newman was singing behind us and we all looked at each other. We didn't even look at the vocalist. We was like, remember that song that we did like two years ago that's still sitting in a hard drive filled with love? Let's put him on that. Before we even spoke to him, we kind of triggered that together, you know? So. <laughs> I feel like the beauty of what you do is, it's like you give people faith, like you gave me faith being this person who's just singing on Instagram and, you know, being spotted by you guys. Obviously, I was 11 when Phil the Love mm -hmm. came out. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. me, I'm like singing out of school, like, yeah, and, and waiting all night. And so when I got Did you say fame? Like, pardon? Did you say fame? Faith. Faith. Fame. Oh, faith. 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 Fame. Faith. 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 Yeah, like you gave me faith because there's a lot of singers out there now who are just on Instagram and they're grinding and they're just trying to do, they're trying to get into the music industry. And it's nice to see that there is still an organic way to get into the music industry because mm. you you put me on tour and it was throwing me in the deep end, but it's what I needed mm. to cope. And what was amazing about it was you, you guys always said to me, like, if you make a mistake, it's okay, just learn from it, like learn from that mistake and then move on from it. Like at the beginning, I was I, I was always scared to make a mistake. Mm. And then when I spoke to you guys and you gave me that advice, it just helped me to just relax. And I think that was the most important thing for me because 
touring didn't it didn't only help me as a as a singer and a performer but it helped me as a person as well and you guys just putting me into like sessions and it just it built my confidence so much and I think that's what's amazing and, and it's so pure the way you do things and the family vibe as well like it just make everything just makes so much sense the way you do it and I feel like more people should be doing it like that but they shouldn't because you're the only one. I wanted to touch on that point. <laughs> you know, the mistakes, you know, that is such a key point. And I think, yeah. <clears throat> you know, for us, people see rudimental and they probably see the 10 years of success. Um, and then they see the accolades and the plaques that come with it. But for me, it's the journey that counts most. Mm. Um, 99 point, probably 9% of the time we're making mistakes all the time. And we get some beautiful mistakes through our music. Sometimes uh, we might just hit a note that's wrong, but it comes out well. Morgan's a mistake. <laughs> Morgan, you're a mistake. Yeah, everything was a mistake. <laughs> bit, like what, <laughs> bit, bit like what my dad and my mum said to me. But what I'm saying is, is that so many people are so afraid of making those mistakes. They won't try. They won't try. Yeah. They yeah. won't unlock their true potential. Pun. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> But it's the truth. And um, yeah. once you start sort of like freeing yourself from that, and I think that's why children just learn so quickly. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have that fear, you know? They don't have that sort of, uh, if I make a mistake, it's going to happen. They just go for it straight away. Let's do it. I think we almost need to embrace that. Uh, it's almost like refinding your kid, I think, for a lot of us. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you guys, obviously, creatives have done really well. Myself, I've been on screen, off screen. And you're, I feel like... You know, you come into the world, you know, so you're free, you're creating, then society and sort of comes into you. Like the world comes into you and you have to sort of unpick it and become a better person and, and go again. Like almost like a, a child that's learnt, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. So, man, was Andrew the reason why you started the label? Or did you kind of have that ambition for a long time? Like, what, well, I, think, what... I think, as, as Loki said, like the, the reason started from when we realised that um i guess it was kind of a necessity in a way mm. in between every album tour we're like oh man the singers that we brought up on the last album they've all gone off and they're not touring with us anymore because they've all got their own careers now out of necessity we were like okay we need to create some kind of entity we, we're always everyone's always telling us we're a family and they love you know the love is strong and all that yeah. you know let's let's also make it like official as well so i think it was kind of out of it started off out of almost like a necessity to uh, so like Amory was the f the first one that you know as when she came into audition in uh, the rehearsal room you know it was with the basis that you're not just going to come and play some gigs but we're also gonna you know sign you basically mm -hmm. and we're gonna help you make records and this is a long-term five-year ten-year project project yeah this is not just a couple of tours we're gonna help like we're gonna make music with you and we're just gonna let you make music however you want and we're just gonna aid that help that however we can so it kind of started as a necessity but became into this you know has grown and then you came on board and the other artists that we've we've signed came on board and it just grew and grew in terms of mental health because i know like all of you are passionate about it and i feel like we always like we all speak about it a lot and i think that's good Mm. like for me being on tour with you guys I didn't because it was such a strong family vibe I didn't feel like I was necessarily away from my family and it was just like 
Do you know what I mean? It was just, mm. it was just so nice to be around each other and we all have so much fun. What would you say, like, what would you say to people, like, especially younger people who want to get into the industry, like, in terms of mental health? Yeah, I think start off with, like, the basics. You can't do anything by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, with us, there's four of us, we're a team. Yeah. Fortunate enough to sort of know each other from young and have that sort of bond. But if you're a solo artist, for example, I think you just have to know that, okay, I'm a solo artist, but there's no solo artist out there that writes, produces, and does 100% of everything from from the video to the producing the music to singing. So you have to work as part of a team. And I think it's about finding the people that you're comfortable around and developing those networks that make you feel like you have a family, even though you're a solo artist, whether it's from your management, you know, have them kind of bond with your management to if you start a band, like you might not even pick the best guitarist, you might pick the guitarist that plays well, that's your best friend. Yeah. You'll go further. So I think it's very key to build relationships. Surround yourself with people that you, you trust, you know? Yeah, which which takes time because takes um, time. I feel like sorry, Piers, I know you're about to speak, right. but um, I feel like one of the things that really affects um, people's mental health coming through is the ups and downs of this thing. Especially now, you yeah. can put something out on Instagram, and suddenly everyone's on your case and everyone loves you, and then you put the next thing out and no one reacts, and it just pulls you down again. So it's this this kind of crazy dynamic. It's so much more dynamic than it's ever been mm. and it's so much more intense mm. than it's ever been mm. i think having a longer term plan is is super important just to know that there's going to be ups and downs on sometimes people might not react to your music sometimes mm. people might not react to what you think is the best thing you've ever done yeah. so you have to just be accepting that there's going to be setbacks and mm. you know try and build the strength to be able to work through them and part of that definitely comes from finding people that you trust whether that's your friends or your family i found that playing music can be quite difficult you know because it's something that's so personal to you yeah to actually have people who may not even be musicians but your friends from school or from wherever family mm. just to play your tunes just to give your yourself little bits of confidence um and to make you you know to to uh to kind of break you out of your personal inner space zone and actually get you out to actually communicate with people with your music uh, i think it's really important but yeah having people there building that you know group of people that you trust that network yeah whether it's friends or whether it's people are, that are in music but they really don't have to be and actually sometimes it's good that if they're not in music to always just be open with them and play your music to them and yeah. your ideas to them and just sort of build up from there and um, build a plan, really. Have a long-term plan. Um, I was just going to say one of the things that popped into my head was over the years I've tried not to, like, really tried hard not to compare myself or compare us to other other Mm. people just because I find that it's a wormhole of anxiety Mm -hmm. and it just causes a lot of problems for me. You know, like, other acts that do similar things doesn't matter like that, that all that stuff really like it matters about you and like like we we're saying the people around you care about what the people you trust think but like trying yeah try not to compare yourself too much to others because yeah, there's so many people out there doing yeah. the same thing and there will be you know um comp- competitiveness but it, it's really good to try and block that out yeah, Harris mm. um, is, is the thief of all joy. Sorry. Yeah, 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 definitely. Mm. Uh, for me, firstly, 
in the music industry, I don't think there is enough done for musicians in terms of mental health, um, which is a real shame because as an artist, you provide so much joy to the world, you know, um, you stand up on stage and you play, if you're lucky enough to play in front of thousands of people and, you know, and hopefully they leave um, they leave the venue, the festival, whatever it is, with a smile on their face and they feel a lot better and they've been taken away from their reality. Um, and, you know, they're just on a euphoria off the back of you. However, like, no one really asks you, how are you doing after you've given so much? And yeah. that's a real shame in the music industry, but it's one of those things where if you're aware, then it kind of helps you process it a lot better. Mm. Um, that's something that I've realised that if you if you are aware that yes you are going to go on stage or yes you are going to be in the studio and you know it's music it's very personal to an artist as Mel was saying so if you're aware of that you can kind of protect it um, in certain ways you know um, I've always found that when I'm on stage it's probably um, is it alter ego is that what they call it yeah alter ego so uh, when I'm on stage I'm probably people will think. Lucky, he's the life of the party. He is. I would love to hang around with him, but every single person there could vouch for you and say, as soon as the show's done, it's not that I haven't enjoyed it. I go straight to my tour bunk, and I'm spending my time by myself. I'm very much a loner, you know. And that again was another sort of hard thing for me to deal with because I'd be one person on stage, and then I come off, and then I'll be a totally different person. And then to add that on, you know, you go sleep on a tour bus in Berlin and then you'd wake up in France. And it's just, where am I? So there's all these things going on. And I think we, as record label owners, have a duty of care to our artists that are assigned to us to enable them with the right tools, the awareness of what the music industry and what being an artist actually entails um, so that they can prepare themselves and they can prepare mechanisms to deal with those things. I think that's, a, that's an important thing to have that separation mm. between your self, your true self and your artistry. I think it's a vital thing to make mm. a slight separation. Mm. That can't be your source of or your only source of happiness. Yeah, definitely. Because that will have so many inherent ups and downs that are going to you know you have to keep a slight distance from so it's important to have that that's why so many artists have personas and that's a mechanism to help you survive and to grow really whereas if it's tied in with your personal well-being too much uh -huh. then you're going to cause yourself a lot of damage if you think about yeah, the way um it, speaking of sports speaking of football when the mental health mental coaching mental fitness side of it came into sports how that changes the face of sports and how that changed football Definitely. and footballers just became much more efficient and better it's we don't really have that in music like no. Lockie said I think it's 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 sad and we're you know we're trying to sort of uh, implement that but um, to, to have mental fitness to work on your mind as if it's a muscle as if it's a sport that you're playing you're gonna go out there and perform and have that slight separation where you're training for it and you're treating it like that I think is a really uh, helpful thing in protecting your mental well-being and i'm just going to play devil's advocate to that point is i totally agree that separation from your persona on stage and who you are is 
a very good thing to have. But what I'm seeing with a lot of young people, and this is me speaking from the outside in, so I don't know if it really is that, but I'm seeing a lot of people, kids especially, coming up through the industry, making it very early, and they believe in that persona. Mm. So they've kind of, they've, they haven't got that separation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the person that they're on, they are on stage, or the person that they are in social media is the person they believe they are in reality and mm. it doesn't work like that mm. you know and that's dangerous. a downward dangerous spiral to be involved in that must be so tough though i mean i think yeah, i've yeah, had yeah. experiences maybe you boys have had experiences as well where maybe you start to believe the gas or you know the dopamine that we get also from social media we're all aware like it actually yeah, yeah. impacts how our brain functions but would you just would you say you've i mean you said you've suffered from it have any of any anyone else there kind of suffered with that perception of audience and the millions of people that watch you the the perception of how others view you has that impacted how you are maybe you know, uh, I, I, I don't i don't think i have um and okay being um look don't get me wrong i've, I've suffered with mental health issues definitely yeah, yeah. you know um and that's um for me we can talk about it later but in terms of that persona side of things i don't think we have because we've had each other it's mm. it's been so good in that respect because if i start i don't know if i if i start believing that persona maybe i have done for maybe a week or two mm -hmm. and i've gone on a bender and i've like mm. got bottles of champagne in the club and that these guys are the ones that bring me right back down to earth you know um and we're lucky in that sense but yeah i don't i don't think we have yeah because mm -hmm. we, we have that like an anonymity i think lucky probably more than anyone is at the front but like um we have uh, the anonymity, you know, where people, uh, we, we're less in front than other artists. Our music videos, for example, we're not really in them. Mm. We're not in the press too much, etc. Um, so there's, that has been a, um, a bit of a saving grace, I suppose, is the word, or, you know, yeah. a really important f factor in rudimental is that kind of mystery if i put it that was way was that a conscious was that a yeah conscious was that deliberate yeah 100 yeah yeah you kind of knew the dangers potentially i don't i don't think we necessarily thought about the dangers it was more about you know if we're creating something that's got legs and long-term legs um you want to be able to morph and change your um uh, your image and to mm. be able to have something that's quite malleable rather than being stuck what the hell does Wally Paul mean? <laughs> <laughs> Molding, shape right? yeah, yeah, like, we didn't want to be a cheesy <laughs> boy band, you know? We never wanted to come across like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Four of us, we don't want to be some boy they band. Be the oh, yeah, but we'd be a sick boy <laughs> band, <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely 100 million percent conscious decisions. I love going Tesco's and yeah. people, you know, We've, yeah. don't really recognise you or they'd be like, and I'd be like, no, we, and then you know, yeah, the fruit off. We've seen how it can be for people. You know, we toured with Ed Sheeran in America that night um, across the America, and I just remember one day we was we was like, okay, let's go to the park play a bit of football with Ed, and we were playing for like five minutes. A few people recognised him. Like during us playing football in our game, people were coming up to him asking for his autograph and pictures, just like interrupting not even waiting and game like, not yeah, even like we're actually streakers football wow. and then uh, a few more people came and then before you know it, it was a crowd and then ed sheeran's tour manager started screaming at everybody like go away and then 10 minutes later he had to go back inside because 
I think I think I think Ed kind of made that up, like brought all those fans to come along. Yeah, he's not he's not the most talented at football, is he? Let's be honest. You can see how tough it can be for people. And yeah, it I mean Ed Sheeran's very like he's he's very good at dealing with it, you know, but other people might not be as good as dealing with it. Definitely. And um you can see with Anne Marie, she's still but on even, the rise, you know, and even you can see every now and again she sort yeah. of gets anxious and she might be like, Ah, oh, shall I get out the tour bus and go to the shop? Why is everyone watching me? And she gets a little bit scared to do things, you Ed, know. So Ed, Ed's talked about his struggles with mental health, actually. I saw something recently, like, even you know, I think he even he struggled because mm. I'm not sure if I would have dealt with it well, very well at all. Like, if I'd had like if we'd had proper fame. Mm. I think I would have got. I would have lost my mind first. Maybe then Leon. Mm. Let's, let's not case. put this in order, bro. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> I would have literally. got me on number two. It sounds like a nightmare. Can you imagine just not being able to live your life? Like, yeah. but do you feel like to a certain level, when you go for a job like that, obviously you feel like it's your purpose. But if you go for a job like that, you you know what you're getting yourself into no i don't think no. you can ever no. uh, experience yeah. or ever sort of predict what it's going to feel yeah. like to be in that position because mm. that's not why you're yeah. doing what you're doing yeah. it's yeah. making music yeah, yeah that's all love the music you it? can you can see that it might happen at some point but you yeah. can never kind of predict the feelings you'll have when it happens what i would yeah. love to do i would love to do like a a youtube thing or sort of like fame for a day you know and we take someone um, and we put them through everything that someone like Ed would experience throughout a day with mm. people borrowing. Mm. Like simple things, the th mm. things you take for granted, going yeah. for the shop, going out with your mates. And Have you seen that Ed impersonator that did that on YouTube? There's a guy who looks exactly like Ed and he literally went around being Ed Sheeran for like, he, he went to events, up. he turned up to award shows, like it was quite mad. I can't remember his name, but yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people from the outside in, they see it and they're like, yeah, I'd have a piece of that. But, yeah, that but, but when it comes... When it comes, I don't think I don't think people will be able to car... Oh, I also wear carp and timber while you were. Don't worry, ignore that, scrap that. Word up there. Carpenter. Carpenter. They can't carpenter what it's going to be like. To be a carpet, so. Morgan, how have you found it so far? Have you been? Have people been recognizing you? How are you dealing with sort of you know putting music out? Are you feeling the pressure? Have, you know, are people taking selfies? Are you enjoying it right now? And yeah, yeah, I think for my with my social media following, I do get people like come up to me, but I'm not an established artist yet to a level where I'm mega famous. You know what I mean? Like I don't get the stuff. You know, like how Ed Sheeran would get people literally chasing him, like. That, yeah, that's you know what I mean? that wouldn't happen yeah, that. yeah but like i just think it's at the moment where i'm at it's a nice level of what's the word attention mm. like it's not up, it's, up it doesn't up. bother me like i'm a people person like i can't imagine what it's like to be you know literally being bombarded 24 7 but um obviously i've seen it like when we've toured and I've seen Amory and she has to hide because people are literally like chasing her. But it's just, it's, it's, I think more than anything, it's social media like glamorizes 
mm. what it's like to be in the public eye. And I think a lot of people crave that and they don't know what the repercussion is of being in the public eye. Like they don't, they don't understand what, what can happen. Like as well as that, you've got the negative comments, like the hate comments. Like, I, I get a lot of them. Mm. I've channeled it and I'm used to it's really sad to say that I'm used to it because you shouldn't be used to that. Like it's not something you should have to get used to, but it luckily I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning to just deal with them. But I think yeah. online is, is social media is probably the most toxic. Platform. That's one of the biggest sort of things to deal with as a new yeah. coming up now. Mental yeah. Is, the online side of things yeah you know? the trolling um, and the hate as an artist you're so passionate about everything you do mm. you always say you get 100 positive comments but it's the one negative comment so it's, it takes you have to train yourself to detach yourself from the negative comments and it might be actually you know what i'm not going to look at comments anymore yeah Maybe stop doing that do, do you know what i mean just to put yourself in a better frame of mind because i don't know what that is about our brains and the way that we're set up that we don't remember the hundred good things we remember. Yeah. I don't know why that is. So. I think as well, like, well, for me personally, like, I'm, I'm, I'm never satisfied as well. So obviously you need to be grateful. And you know, when you're living in it. So like I grew up and I wanted to be a singer. And then when it starts happening, you can sometimes forget that it's happening because you're living it. Mm -hmm. So I think- That's like, a very good point it's good to like step back from your situation and look at it like when we were touring, you're just living it. So you don't realize how much you're doing. And then when we stopped touring, mm. that, a lot of this year I've like reminisced and, and been like, wow, like deep in the stuff that I've done. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah totally. It's, you got to be present in it. That's such a, a wise thing to say because mm. we're like, I'm learning that myself. It's like, you could do all these amazing things and rock up to the biggest stages and play a show and it, it's all a blur three months later when you see a video back you're like oh yeah wow, oh, wow well we did that that's yeah. so important is to not always be thinking about the next thing you have to really be aware of what you're see i'm gonna i'm gonna slightly it. That's it. I really, i'm gonna that's slightly it. disagree because i always had this uh sort of theory in my head that one day i'm gonna be on my like rocking chair bowler and then that's when I'll look back at everything and I'll say that was amazing. Like, I feel like sometimes, but this is for me, like, it's totally different for everyone else. There's no black and white clear answer to it. But for me, you go on stage and you play in front of all those people. Right. In my head, for me to kind of deal with what's just happened and what's about to happen, I kind of go on to the next thing. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I go into the next thing and I'm like, all right, where's the next challenge? And I, it's probably never ending. It's probably the wrong mm. thing to do. But I kind of do that in order to cope with sometimes being away from family for months or whatnot. Because if I start getting wound up in the success of that particular moment, I sometimes sort of spiral out of control. Mm -hmm. if yeah, that makes sense. I, I reflect ages uh, ages later, yeah. like six months or even Christmas time. I'll 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 go oh. Oh, do you remember that thing we did in Albert Hall in like February? Yeah. And then I might watch a little bit of it a bit and be really like wow, then. Wow, then. But at the time, it was. yeah, I just. It's but uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm contradicting myself because then you've got like my mum saying, "Enjoy it for the moment." Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's not gonna be there forever, and then you yeah. feel like, yeah. oh, wait, am I? 
am I just wasting those moments because I'm not enjoying it at the moment? And, but also or sometimes should... like things go wrong in shows, don't they? And it's like it's hard to like come off like a show. But like... That, that's funny because we and... said this in our podcast the other day, yeah. though, didn't we? Yeah. We said that, you know, exactly this point. You know, you, sometimes you don't live in that moment and you kind of like let everything go over your head when it's amazing, this, that, and the mm -hmm. other. That one negative thing that happens in the show, probably you just remember that show, like, instantly thinking about it, and then you start living in that negativity of that moment. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's where my point comes from, kind of thing. It's like, yeah, it was great, but then if it wasn't, then I've got to treat it the same way as if I want to live in a moment with a great show, mm. with a negative show. Does that make sense? I think it's yeah. about just being able to see the bigger picture in the present mistakes happen like you yeah, said yeah, yeah. things happen in shows but you can't you're still doing the most incredible yeah no totally, job in the world totally. and you're doing something that you you know you dreamt of and it's it is amazing mm. in many many ways that one little negative thing like the sound going wrong or uh, yeah i just i think it, it has to be a bit of a balance you have no, to just be aware of where you are and what you're doing yeah just something happened but so what like it's for me personally, when things happen at shows, they never really bother me because it's a show. That's mm. what happens at shows. It's a live mm. show. It's live, yeah. And I, I like when I watched some of my favorite artists ever and I see them mess up. It's kind of nice to see. You're like, oh, wow, they're human. What about yourself? It's human. Honestly, I don't ever mind. No, wait. You I get remember that little moment of, oh, but it's. So what, like, mate? I remember when we were doing the Animat tour. It was really like when we first started, and we were doing so many shows back to back. I just didn't have a clue where I was, and I got up in Manchester, and I know I remember it to this day. I re this is what I'm saying about these negative. I, moments. I, I remember these like moments, like they happened yesterday, clear as day, and obviously when we start, I, I run on stage first, and like we do like this big intro and. And I remember saying, what's going on, Liverpool? <laughs> and I, I didn't even see nothing wrong with it. And when you make a mistake, when you, when you That's make a mistake, <laughs> I got away with it. I don't know how, but when you make a mistake on stage, like we've been rudimental, um, because Kezi doesn't make mistakes. <laughs> we, we, we all look back at Kezi and Kezi just gives you this, okay. gives you this eye. <laughs> <laughs> and it just makes things worse and I, I didn't know what i was doing so i look back at kezzy and kezzy's giving me the eyes like, like what did i do you probably ate that for days <laughs> wait did you sometimes i have to apologize after the show when i see when i see pictures back of the way i've looked at people on stage i'm like oh, that's it but, is that on telly as well really, you see kezzy's really, eyes did i really look at you like that i'm, I'm sorry it was definitely one of them it was one of them like tour tiredness on tour moments I've all cities to pick as well. Yeah, man. Manchester that's a, Liverpool is not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to take it back to football, but that's a big football reference there, man. Yeah. Uh, United <laughs> Liverpool. Huge to be rival. Fair, I think. I think. I think they just like they were like, nah, he didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably thought he was bantering. Yeah, bantering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I couldn't have said it any louder. Any more again? Oh, Liverpool. <laughs> My favourite one was at, um, 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 Wildlife, where you told everyone to go home just before Fatboy Slim. We booked him. It's our festival, and we booked him and he's and we turn it round we turn it round i said i was only joking i was only joking stay i was only joking he told the whole crowd to go home yeah. that's a moment 
this is our first episode. This is our headline. It's not. The show's finished. And he was like, oh, all right, see you later. And then, yeah, like, oh, just like, oh, go on, everyone. I think our tour manager was like, fat boy Slim's coming on. <laughs> <laughs> don't send them home He's yet. He's on side of stage, like, what the hell? Why are you sending them home? That yet? is absolutely mental. What do you guys look for when you develop talent? What is the ump factor? What gives you that little glint that this could be the next big thing? I think somebody that's consistently um, working and showing the work ethic. I think that comes over everything in terms of what you need to succeed in music. Um, so if whether it's on social media, you see somebody consistently posting either new music or songs they've been singing or what they're covering or I think memes? that is memes. memes. <laughs> no, if you're not memes. Doing memes. Don't you dare. But yeah, it's I, not think, memes. <laughs> I think in this industry and actually across the board in most industries. If you've got the work ethic, that's going to carry further than the talent. Um, so you just have to keep being out there, keep pushing. And when I look at all the people we've signed, Amory, Ella and Morgan, I can all say they're so passionate and they'll work every day of the week. If because they, can. they post a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of memes. <laughs> no, but they'll, they'll work but you every got, you, day, you got... every hour they can no, to be yeah, successful. Talent, talent isn't... Talent is something that you have to work on. Yeah. You have to develop mm -hmm. it. You have to keep developing yeah. it like a muscle, really. It's, yeah. It needs training and exercise and consistency. Um, I was just going to ask, like, why is it important? Um, why is diversity important um, within the rudimental family and the people that, that the young talent that you foster? Like, why is diversity so important to you? And I just, it kind of baffles me when you've got labels out there that don't want to be diverse because they want to keep you in a box mm. they're not only doing themselves a disservice they're doing the public a disservice because we're trying to block uh, diverse talent <laughs> to being shared throughout the world um mm. and it, it's such a beautiful thing man you know we grew up more or less on the same street and mm. you would have us playing you know djing with like 30 mcs in the bedroom and all this madness and like playing everything from old school garage to grime and then there'll be an Irish family playing Irish folk music and there'll be a Jamaican family playing reggae. Yeah. Um, so like you walk down your street and you'll be exposed to all that and that's what's made who we are today. Yeah. I think it's normal for us, isn't it? Diversity is normal for it's us. Normal yeah. for us. It's normal so for what, a lot of people. Not even conscious, you just do yeah. it. So it's almost yeah. it's almost um when I hear that question, it just it, it just baffles me that we still have to yeah. Ask these questions. No disrespect. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a good thing to say, though. 100% yeah, what you're saying, I think, like valid. And it's, it's weird because maybe it's because, you know, we're in London and especially London and the UK. The UK, I always said that if, you, if you've been brought up in London, you can go anywhere else in the world and kind of fit in. Like we've, we've been to so many countries in the world. Um, we've been to America where diverse they wouldn't even know how to spell it that's kind of like the area i grew up in though like i watford was diverse but the school that i went to just literally just as you go outside of watford i went to um school in a place called britmansworth and i couldn't translate who i was as a person because they didn't understand me like if i was passionate about a subject to do with race or anything it was just like they didn't get it, like nobody understood it. And I think 
that's why it's so good that you like you kind of do it without realizing you'll do it you're yeah. doing it you know what i mean because it's it's just natural but um your, your music's also diverse as well though like it's not just it's like, it's like having a level of understanding isn't it it's like you can yeah. know about something but it's also like respecting that and and and, and learning it's mm. being able to learn as like yeah, I think even in London, there's there's still you know like it's 100%. not it's not it's not like it's not like it's perfect. It's not perfect utopia. Yeah. We're all, we've all seen Brexit has has brought out loads of like madness. Yeah, you know. So I feel like it's about yeah like um, teaching teaching that diversity to me is yeah just like respecting others and understanding culture. And I think the best way to teach diversity as well is just by it being natural so you just like people grow up and they just see it naturally like how you guys did if you have to force it in someone's face i feel like it might have the opposite. when you force things into people's faces they don't want to like you say be diverse they don't <laughs> you know what i mean like look around your town and it's just like yeah. one type of people <laughs> be diverse there's definitely a conscious element to it though i mean we're saying that it's it, obviously it's natural to us but we have made a lot of conscious decisions to uh show that in the right way namely with our music videos even in the lyrics of our songs, when we're working with artists and writing songs, Toast to Our Differences being a prime example, that whole album, Toast to Our Differences being a prime example, the whole point, the whole idea of that album was diversity right through to the front cover, mm. you know, with, you know, uh, uh, someone essentially being on a kind of banana boat. That, mm. was, the, that was the idea of the front cover. So um, we wanted to mix up the racial identities and really cross those boundaries. But in a way that doesn't, push people away do you know what i mean and it is sort of inclusive rather than be diverse it's more like here's the beauty of it yeah and enjoy it as entertainment do you know what i mean and just sort of yeah 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 uh, get into people's brains that mm. way i think diversity is like a big big topic right you said like you know you grew up in london i think i've been lucky enough as well to grow up in london around so many different people that maybe you're even blind to some of the blind spots of, of mm. how people grew up and who people are and how people have been treated maybe in different towns where they might be a minority where for us we were maybe like a we were like in a diverse majority almost mm -hmm. do you know what I mean how do you reckon that now when people are trying to I guess companies corporations etc are trying to pitch diversity as a thing how do they do it organically without it coming across a bit too force let's say for example i think i think it's communication and really you know talking to the people that you're trying to connect with you know if um yeah you're, it's actually a positive thing you know especially since blm a lot of people a lot of companies are making a conscious effort to be more diverse and they're often doing it in a bit of a um you know naive way and mm. actually doing some silly things as well but even that naivety even that just that the fact that they're seeing it as a thing now, that you have to be conscious of it in order to make a difference. Record labels, for example, there was a time, you know, where record labels were sort of like, essentially sort of, you know, one type of type of person, quote unquote, and they are a lot more diverse now. And even though it feels a little bit like positive discrimination, sometimes saying they're like, okay, you know, it kind of, sometimes it can put me off it's necessary and it's needed just to take that first step until it becomes normalized mm. blm i think really really made a huge difference it made it 
you know, even the impact it had on social media, people could not ignore it, could not ignore, yeah. you know, no matter what you think of the black square and all those things, and some people were against it, some people were pro, it made a difference because people had to suddenly realize that I, I can't post today because it will be really weird because I'm supposed to think about diversity today. And that's something that they never, ever thought about before. So, yeah, it's, for all those, it's moving. All those reasons above, I totally agree with you, those positive reasons. But I think there's a deeper, deeper issue in the way that, you know, we can get that message across. And, you know, you, you've seen a lot more advertisements um, and they're trying to be painfully more diverse. And mm -hmm. it's almost like plastering over a crack without seeing what mm. kind of filler it needs um, underneath it. And I think the way that we do it and the way that major corporations do it is to start educating the kids from young and start educating the kids' parents from young, you know? Um, it's so important that we get in that way because essentially, you know, we'll see all the advertisements and this and the other, kids still got to go home and they, they're still going to listen to what their parents are and it's so hard to go mm. against what your family says and this, that and the other. And there's, there's, a whole, there's no one fix to it, but I believe that if we start getting in schools and we come away from the orthodox black history months that we keep doing and we try and be a little bit more intuitive with what we do then i reckon it will have a bigger impact i think as, as artists we have a responsibility for that as well not to play up to the stereotypes and to actually be real you know with people mm. and be real with what we're putting out mm. is so easy that to fall well. into stereotypes of oh this is what i'm supposed to be as an artist because this is what i look like mm. and that doesn't help things do you know what i mean oh, so, mate, that, on that point that is such a wind up for me right mm. it's been a really really good chat with you boys man um yeah pleasure listening to, to to you guys and i hope that the audience people that have been listening have, have learned something picked something up uh, morgan any closing words from from you Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That was really mental. Um, don't know them. Bloody hell, get to know them. Love, love man. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Thank you, guys. Man. Have a good day. Love. You have been listening to Toast to Our Differences brought to you by Shoe.